0: All right, so uh, let's pray. <laughs> yeah, Father, uh, yeah, we just pray for your grace and your guidance as we spend some time wrestling with Scripture and thinking about how we apply it into our lives. We thank you for all that you're doing, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Um, you know, I was thinking a lot about, about my childhood uh, this last week because I was I was kind of meditating on some Scripture, and... I was reading Psalm 34, um, and the Psalms are, oh man, the Psalms are so good. Uh, there's been a lot of different theologians over the years who have talked about how the Psalms are like love letters written to God. Or if you ever read a psalm, you may find yourself being like super connected to it because it just feels like it's 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 got your post, you know, your, like it knows what you're going through on it. And so I was reading Psalm 34, and I just read the, the first couple of verses and it it says i will praise the lord at all times i will constantly speak his praises i will boast only in the lord let all who are helpless take heart come let us tell of the lord's greatness let us exalt his name together but that that phrase let all who are helpless take heart just kind of jumped out at me and you know i was praying and thinking about how it fits into the world that I'm in, in the world that maybe you are in, and I just felt like this little nudge from the Holy Spirit for us to kind of put put a pause on what we had been planning, and to really flesh this out a little bit, because I started thinking a little bit about helplessness, and man, um, in my in my childhood, there were many times I felt super, super helpless just growing up and facing some of the challenges that our family faced, and Over the years, there's been times of of helplessness when our family is going through challenging situations. You know, I remember, and many of you have heard the story of when Don and I first had our, we just had our first pregnancy and she started to have a miscarriage of our twins and feeling super helpless because there was nothing we could do. You know, we just had to kind of trust the Lord. Uh, And then other seasons of life where you know, we're, we're feeling super helpless and there's all this disappointment coming in. And I started thinking about that because I, I think that I've um, had a lot of disappointment in my life. I, like, I feel like that might be the best word to describe many seasons of life. And, and so I was praying uh, and talking to some of uh, the folks in our leadership team. And it was interesting because we started talking about disappointment that comes. And I mean, think about how, um, when people you love pass away, when they, when they die, the disappointment that comes from that. I mean, there's been times where I've lost people in my life who I had plans um, for the future. Like we were planning on doing this or we're planning on doing that and that death happens and then you have this overwhelming sense of disappointment. Or um, I know people in our community who were married and they married the person that they thought they were gonna be with forever. And then, you know, the tragedy of life happens and they end up divorced. And then months later, they're just like, what happened? What happened? Um, the loss of children, financial hardships. Um, We all, everybody I know, knows somebody who um, gets sucked into drugs and alcohol and abuse those things and then have their lives implode. And I'm just telling you right now that it feels like the last two years, it just feels like getting kicked in the teeth repeatedly or punched in the soul. I just love that phrase, by the way. Someone was like, oh, it feels like I got punched in the soul. And I was like, that's it. That is how it feels, being punched in the soul, and it just feels like there's so many things. I mean, you know, Don and I, um, we we've lost, we know personally 21 plus people who have passed away from COVID, and people are like that's crazy. No, now we know in our community, we know now, right? Because it's happening to people, and so that was really challenging for a while. It's like, oh man, um, you know. And we also have had some struggles with the political craziness. I just it's one thing after the other. And then last year, my dad uh, gets stage four kidney cancer and that was like the, you know, top, of the top of the cake. And then uh, it just feels like there's been a lot of disappointment. So we were talking about that. I'm wrestling with this scripture, thinking about the times of helplessness. And I just have this observation that many of the things in life that happen to us leave us really disappointed, really disappointed. And I just, on a serious level, um, of us praying and discerning what does the Holy Spirit want us to, to to talk about, I had this real strong sense from the Holy Spirit that we need to think about how to respond and manage disappointment as a church community. Because I, I would venture to guess right now, if we were just honest for a minute, there's a lot of disappointment in the room. Is that fair? Like a lot of disappointment. A lot of disappointment. And there's a lot of different reasons. Some of the disappointment we have are for things like you know, oh, I, I lost my job, or you know this relationship imploded, or I, I don 't know sometimes i I was so this is going to sound so dumb, but you know how little things can be like the last straw, right? I went in to get a butterfinger, and I walked in, and the butterfinger box was empty, and I was like, "This is it, I'm done. I just want a butterfinger so bad." And <laughs> And the point is, is that it's like these little things when they stack up on these big things, it's like you get to the last straw. And and I was I was literally like about to lose it. I was like, how could they not have Butterfingers? This is America. And I was like, okay, something's going on here. And and it's and you all know like when you are not dealing with your anxieties and your fears and your anger and your depression how it it has a way of boiling over right and then it comes out and oftentimes it comes out in unhealthy ways for the people you love the most you know and i'm very thankful i pulled it together because that gas station attendant was about to get totally unloaded on you know like you better go to the store and get me a butterfinger so i can buy it from you you know like just crazy train uh, but I've been thinking about this. And so we've been praying and thinking as a leadership team about different things, about to talk about. And I kept, I kept praying when I, I felt like this nudge, I kept praying like, what? Holy Spirit, what are you wanting? What does the Holy Spirit want us to press into? And maybe just kind of meditate on a little bit today and think through a little bit. And so just really quickly, I want to share a couple of things that I feel like the Lord um, really spoke to me Friday afternoon for us. And the first one is this. I think we have to realize that disappointment can lead us to believe some serious lies. Disappointment can lead us to believe some really serious lies. And if we don't manage the disappointments and wrestle with, with what's going on, we can easily buy into some things that are simply not true. And so I, I felt like the Lord just was just saying, like, this is, this is an age-old problem. And let me just remind you, um, you know, I love like how culture and media can, can make things really sim, you know, sound funny. But I mean, if you listen to a lot of comedians, there's certain comedians uh, who constantly are talking about how the devil is a liar. You ever heard that phrase? Devil's a liar. And I'm like, yeah. And it's almost like we hear that so often. We've minimized actually the truthfulness. But listen to what Jesus says here. He says, for you are the children of your father, the devil. This is him speaking to the Pharisees. And he says, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And so it's interesting because disappointments can lead us to believe serious lies. And that all comes because the enemy who I believe there is a real devil, I think that there's enough biblical evidence. And I think uh, in my travels all over the world, I have to tell you, I think evil is a real thing. And so I believe that there is a real devil who has real demonic um, uh, minions who do his bidding. And we have to understand that the devil is a liar and wants you and I to believe lies. Like that's what he wants us to do. And so he's going to utilize certain experiences, certain disappointments to have us get off course to start believing things that will actually just shipwreck our faith. That's what Paul talks about, many who shipwreck their faith. You know, Paul lays this out in the pastoral epistles where he talks about how there were certain people that early on in his ministry, he started doing ministry with. He's like, these were church planners that worked with me and now they are no longer following Jesus. Don and I have, uh, I think are, our 20-year anniversary comes up in um, on the 6th of, is that this week? That's like in a couple days. So 20 years of marriage, and we've been in ministry for 20-something years, and I can tell you, I know personally dozens upon dozens of people who we started out in ministry who are no longer following Jesus. You know, somewhere along the line, they just stopped believing, and it's really, really, really sad. But I think that many times those people, when you hear their stories, as they they, they were disappointed by certain things in ministry and in life. And then they started believing certain things that were lies and they got off course and now are no longer following Jesus. And so we have to understand that the devil's a liar. He's been lying from the beginning. He wants you to believe lies. And some of those lies that he wants you to believe are things about who you are and your, your identity. Like you don't matter or you don't amount to anything or you're not really loved. Things like that. Those are lies. Those are lies. And so culture in the world around us, and gosh, anybody in the room um, agree that if you turn on media in general, it's just like all over the place. Just misinformation left and right. And so disappointment often leads us to, I think, believe um, three specific lies, though. Okay? And these are some things I think some of us are wrestling with in this room. The first one is this, that God doesn't care. Like you get disappointed over and over again. And it gets to the point where when you're out walking and trying to process life, you start asking questions about like, is there even a God out there? Anybody ever said that? Like, are you even, are you even paying attention? God, God just doesn't care anymore. Uh, And this is interesting because like the reason why I love the Psalms is because I know in super spiritual, um, pharisaical, spiritual circles it's like you should never ever have any doubt because if you have any doubt that's a sign that you don't trust god and that's not even what we see in the bible like all over the place you have the psalmist saying um where are you god what's going on save me the waters have come up to my neck that's a literal statement in the psalms i feel overwhelmed and helpless i feel overwhelmed and helpless whom can I turn to but you? But where are you? These are all common feelings that the psalmist describes. And so as I'm wrestling with the psalms, I keep, I keep noticing that, that there's a reoccurring theme is that when we begin to stack disappointment on disappointment on disappointment, it's really easy for the enemy to come in there and to start causing us to not believe that God actually cares. We, we actually begin to buy into the lie that God is not, doesn't care and isn't involved in our, our world. Second thing that I think um, oftentimes we begin to believe is that things won't get better. They can't get better. They can't get better. I mean, that's, I, I don't know. I mean, that's been a, a, man, I'm telling you last year with my dad um, going through stage four kidney cancer, I went out and visited him 10 different times to help care for him. And it was like, every time it was like, it's worse than it was the week, you know three weeks ago. It's like, are you kidding me? It's like, can it, can it ever go better? And this kept getting worse and worse and worse and it, it started to be a, a feeling of like man things won't ever get better this is just going to end up as a disaster and then finally i think another lie is that we believe that we are all alone we believe we're all alone we think we feel like we're the only person in the situation we're in we feel like we're we're all by ourselves and the disappointment stacks up on disappointment upon disappointment and then we start to feel like we are completely alone anybody in the room feel like these things are Accurate depictions, just out of curiosity. Yeah, okay. So this is like common human condition, isn't it? And, and here's what's really crazy about the third thing. I think is and this is just my observation of twenty years of pastoring. Is this is when people begin to isolate themselves too, and so we isolate ourselves from community because it seems easier, but emotionally and mentally we are doing worse and worse and worse. Right. It's like it gets worse and worse and we're stuck in this system that is just feeding all the dysfunction and unhealth and we don't have a way of getting out of it oftentimes. So these are the these are the common things that I think happen when we are disappointed. So here's the question I think for us, and this is what I really felt like the Lord wanted us to to maybe just meditate on a little bit this morning is how do we combat these lies? You know, like how do we actually fight against these things that are that are Um, not passively happening, but are actually um, attached to the enemy. I mean, hear me out here. I think that many of us live in a world where we think that everything is passively happening to where it's like, well, bad things happen because that's what happens. And we don't really understand that the enemy is actively at work trying to shipwreck your faith in Jesus. Let me say that again. It is not a passive world you know, Peter talks about how the devil seeks like a roaring lion to actually steal, kill, and destroy. He's constantly at work. What the enemy is trying to do is sow little doubts in your mind, little lies into your life so that you believe them. And then you begin to, to get further and further and further away from trusting Jesus. That's what the enemy is doing. That's what he does. He's actively engaged in that every single day. I'm, I'm convinced of this. I think that the enemy... The, the, the devil and his minions are constantly thinking how they can get you to buy into lies. I believe that with all of my heart. Seen it my whole entire life. So this is the reality. How do we combat these disappointments and these lies? We combat them with the truth. The truth. And so I, I have two truths for you this morning. And I don't think that today's sermon is going to be like, you're not going to leave today and be like, that was the most powerful. I feel totally rejuvenated. It's all fixed, okay? Um, but I do want you to think about these two truths. And I want us to, I want us to, for a moment here, to drink deeply from these truths. The first one is this. When it when it's comes to the truth um, in, in com- combating these lies, I think the first one is this, that God does care. God does care. God cares more deeply than you could ever imagine more deeply than you can ever imagine. I mean, Jesus talks about in the gospels, how God cares so much about the sparrows, just birds, just birds, God deeply cares. This is what, what Peter says in 1 Peter 5, 7, because I know everybody in this room at one time or the other has probably said, well, God just doesn't care about little old me. God isn't, God isn't involved in my situation. I believe that He cares about all the people around me, but He just, I'm just off His radar. I know that many of you have said this, but listen to what Peter says. He says, give all your worries and cares to God for He cares about you, He cares about you. So no matter what situation you find yourself in, no matter what anxieties you are wrestling with, no matter what frustrations you have, no matter what fears you are facing, no matter what attacks are happening on on the spiritual battle in your life, I can tell you right now with 100% confidence that Jesus cares. God cares. God cares deeply. So that's one truth that I think we have to lean into is that even though we feel like God doesn't care or we feel like God has forgotten us, the good news is that God deeply cares. God deeply cares last um last sunday try not to last sunday when i was doing a funeral i was um i I didn't really know the family to be honest you know before this whole funeral happened i didn't know them at all and in fact it was just a connection through our church to them and i was you know they didn't have a, a a church connection at all and i've said for the last 20 years of my life. And I believe that one of the things that we can do as followers of Jesus is that when people are dying or are going through the worst things, worst situations they can go through, it is the church's job to step in. Like, and and I was just telling them, you know, how much money do you guys charge? I'm like, we are, we will never ever charge money for these things. Like, that's crazy. We, we want to be present. And, I, and so, so we've done that. You know, all these people that don't have church connections or I, you know have any community in that realm, we've tried to do. And so I was standing there and I was just kind of feeling like, gosh, I don't know anybody here really. I know a few people, but I, I'm kind of in a different community. Um, there were a lot of belt buckles and cowboy hats, and I don't own any of those. But I was just like, okay. So, I was sitting in my car, and I was kind of just praying, and I was praying that that I would just be able to be a, a presence, um, and just a, a grace there. And so, when I got out there, I was I was you know able to connect with some people. And when I was um, doing the the the, the service, um, you know, I just kept looking up and seeing this this woman who's lost her husband and her kids and. And it was weird because I just felt like in one way, if I was in that situation, the helplessness I would feel and and like all of my dreams and hopes have shattered. And I just, I felt so emotional. I was like, I'm not going to cry, hold it together. You know, I started thinking of like full metal jacket and platoon and all those movies. It's like, okay. And, uh. But it was interesting because in that moment, I had this deep, 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 deep feeling of compassion and empathy. And it was like in that moment, I felt like the Lord just gave me a little glimpse of how deeply he cares about that family. And I believe that with all of my heart, all of you folks in this room right now, I believe that God cares about what you're going through more than you could ever imagine. Like he just, it's like he he just loves us. And so what, what Peter was saying there is that is that he cares for us. He he wants to be involved in our lives. And that's why we need to take our anxieties and our fears and our cares and we need to throw all of them on Jesus. Because Jesus is able to help us press through those things. And so the first truth we need to to use to combat disappointment uh, that leads to buying into lies, I think, is to realize that God does care. And the second thing, my my only really other thing is this, is that We have the Holy Spirit in the church community to sustain us. You know, Jesus actually said uh, in John 14, he said, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you, I will come to you. And so how does Jesus come to us? I think it's number one, um, text after text of scripture says that he has been, he has given us his spirit, the spirit of, uh, of, of, not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of, Of sober mindedness, a a spirit that is encouraging and hopeful, right? And so we have the Holy Spirit's presence. But the second thing that I think is really beautiful is, and this combats that lie of we are all by ourselves, is that he's given us a church community that can help sustain us through the really challenging, difficult times, okay? So we're in a crazy world right now. It's so crazy. I said that a couple weeks ago. I was like, people have lost their minds. I mean, I'm just constantly like, I love people watching because people are so weird. And now they're even weirder. So it's just like feeds my soul and uh, which is probably bad, but it's true. Uh, But it's interesting because we've, we've gotten more, it's just toxic. People are really angry all the time. There's all these crazy ups and downs. Um, But one thing I've seen consistently for two years now is that there are people who are going through crazy things but if they are willing to allow the church community to be present for them, the church community comes through and meets, meets those needs constantly. And so I just want to let you know how proud I am of the people who are committed, part of this church, constantly involved. You guys are making a difference in people's lives. You really are. I can tell you, I can tell you dozens of people who text me and say, hey, thank you so much for this prayer and for that family that came over and did this. I mean, it's like, it's awesome. It is so awesome. And so we have to realize that one of the lies um, that we are told is that we're by ourselves, but that is not true. Not only do we have God for us, we also have a community of people that want to be there for us too. Amen? Let's stand up together. Let's stand up together. So here's what I, I I don't even know if I would say this is what I, I, um, I don't know. Maybe we don't need this. Maybe we do. But I, I really feel like there's some pretty big disappointments in this room. I know I got a lot, and I have a feeling that there's other people in this room that have some pretty big disappointments. And I think more than ever, Jesus wants us this morning to remind ourselves that we are not alone. We're not alone. That jesus cares about what we're facing and that he really wants wants us to invite him into our stories and so i'm going to ask you just to close your eyes in this room right now we're going to go ahead and dim the lights for a moment and just help us um you know maybe focus our attention on what god is speaking right now but i want you to with your eyes closed i want you to um Maybe ask the Lord in your heart right now and just say, God, what are the disappointments I have right now that I've been holding on to? And I do ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just bring to mind what are the disappointments that we have been holding on to that are preventing us? from believing the truth, but have actually caused us to begin to believe lies. I think that a number of you, a number of you have really struggled with even acknowledging these disappointments because it's like you feel like it's a sign of weakness. And I want you to know that I think that the Lord wants you to know that it's not a sign of weakness, but it's actually really, really part of the healing process. And then over and over again, we see in the Bible that when people begin to acknowledge their helplessness, They are able to take heart because when we acknowledge our helplessness and our need for for God's grace, he enters into our stories. He's constantly rescuing us. He's constantly healing hearts. He's constantly mending relationships. He's constantly providing not only salvation, but redemption and reconciliation through whatever things that we are going through. And so I'd love to pray for us. To be able to to, um, take our disappointments Take our anxieties Take our our frustrations Take our fears And not only lay them on the Lord But to really lay them at the feet of Jesus at the cross So you're here this morning And I don't know every detail about your life I don't know all your disappointments But I know Jesus does Jesus knows your disappointments and though you may have felt betrayed, though you may have felt all alone, maybe you felt like, like God has just pulled his hand from your life, I want you to know this morning that I believe with all of my heart that God has not given up on you. God wants to be at work in your life and and he wants to bring healing and he wants to bring salvation and he wants to bring redemption and reconciliation. So I'm gonna pray for you right now. If that's you, you don't have to do anything right now. You can just receive. Oftentimes here at the vineyard, we'll put our hands up just to kind of, um, you know, in a way with our bodies say, yes, we wanna receive from you. And so Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come right now and that you would minister to us with your presence and your power. pray for each person in this room that maybe as they hold their hands up they can, they, they can almost be doing that to, to say here are my disappointments, my anxieties and my fears, would you, would you take them and I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would do that right now that you would re- re- remove those things and bring grace bring mercy that you would re- replace these disappointments with trust that God, you are at work Father, I pray also, Lord, that that we would as a community be able to identify and connect with somebody, just to begin to form a, a true friendship. Lord would actually help us to not only be a part of community, but to to offer the offer and receive the things that go along with community. as we continue to stand, I just like really have this sense um, that, that some of you right now are on the verge of really actually experiencing some healing. It's like, I don't, I don't know, my like, Pentecostal friends will say that we have to tarry, we have to press in, and, and I just feel like that might be the case for some of us in this room, that, that there is healing and, and you're right on the verge of it. But I have this sense that it's like you—you you haven't yet quite opened up that part of your life. And I don't even know maybe what that means, but um, I just want to pray for that as well. And so, Lord, for those of us in this room that are—maybe we're afraid of of the pain and the um, and the vulnerability of of opening up what we would feel and consider maybe Pandora's box. Jesus, would you help us right now? Would you take these disappointments that we have? And would you bring So I I just pray peace in the name of Jesus. Peace in the name of Jesus for every challenge we're facing right now. I pray this in the mighty, precious, blessed name of Jesus. And Lord, as we transition from this space of gathering for worship, would you be present with us to to not only help us to continue to to manage the disappointments we face in life, to continue to trust that you do care, you are present for us, that you will bring hope and encouragement through those things, but help us also to, to spread that to the world around us. Help us to be kind and compassionate and loving to every person that we come to this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Folks, have a great week and we'll see you soon.